0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, the most consistent thing amidst the inconsistency of BYU football. Who or what remains steady in the chaos?
1: Florida wants a home and road series with another Power 5 team. Should BYU try to add the Gators to
0: the schedule? Plus, is BYU basketball really an NCAA tournament quality team? Are we undervaluing the Cougars? Some national analysts may think so. Let's go!
2: This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by... The BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and
1: BYU-Radio.
0: Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, October 23rd, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who has made it a clear emphasis to rid this earth of any BYU clothing that has any form of tan in it, Jerem Jordan.
1: Not a fan. Not a fan. And my boy, at Shad427, tweeted the following yesterday with a photo. I feel like I need to buy this just to destroy it. Now, it's a Navy BYU jersey with tan accents on Cougars, letters on the background. Number four, it's got that atrocious logo that was used from, what, 2001 to 2004. Yes, you need to buy it just to destroy it. Please do so for all mankind. Now, is that of the
0: DI, by the way? I
1: think it is out of De- Deseret Industries, which is where it belongs. <laughs> buy it and destroy
0: it. Now. If now. You, if you do buy it and don't destroy it, just make sure that it ends up with a fan of some rival team at a white elephant party, right? Like, no,
1: destroy it. No, you just, just want to burn it? Rid it just, from just, the just earth. burn it. Yes. Just
0: burn it all that down. That stuff is the worst. How old is that thing? It's got to be at least like 20 years old, right?
1: Well, 15 to 18 years old, right? Something like that.
0: Whole, I hope nobody's producing that within the last decade. <laughs>
1: That would be unsanctioned. Are you saying in China somewhere?
0: Yeah, sure. Terrible. Terrible. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. You know what? I'm I just burn can't
1: it. stand tan. Burn it down. A couple of years ago, by the way, the BYU quarterback big jackets were the old logo tan ones, and we thought, wait, have they not updated those? It's
0: time. What happened? And they I, finally I think did. they did. I they think, think, finally yeah, did. Yeah. In fact, Tyson Williams was wearing one in the uh, locker room, a new updated bigger jacket, Good. So thankfully Good. Good. that has all changed. And uh, we'll have more on Tyson Williams coming up later in the show. Here's today's show lineup. Greg Rebell on why BYU football shouldn't be afraid of Gators and the state of Florida, Jerem. Chris Burgess sets up for Midnight Madness with BYU basketball, and we go deep blue with Kairos Tonga, his incredible trek that eventually led him to Provo. Trek, you say? Saddle up for today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Listen to this. BYU redshirt freshman Tyler Algier Named the College Sports Madness Independent Defensive Player of the Week. Algier recorded a career-best nine tackles against Boise State, all of them solo, in a win over the then-14th-ranked Broncos. Not bad for a guy who was playing running back earlier this year. How many independents are there again? Seven? Four? I can't remember. There has to be more than four. At least six. Three, four, five,
1: six. Six whole teams. Six teams. That's awesome. Uh, Algier, uh, red shirt last year, converted to linebacker. Nice performance. Taylor Romney is honorably mentioned as an Earl Campbell Tyler Rose Player of the Week uh, award for his performance against Boise State. Nice mention there. Award is given to the best player with Texas ties. Now, again, honorably mentioned. Romney played his high school football in El Paso. Through for True, 21, two touchdowns, no picks, in the Cougars win.
0: Midnight Madness tips off tonight for BYU men's and women's basketball. Doors open at 10.30 p.m. at the Marriott Center. Free admission. Men's basketball tips off the season in Provo against Cal State Fullerton on November 5th. The women tip off at home against Westminster on October 29th.
1: That is likely an ex- exhibition for the women as opposed to the regular season uh, starter. Number four, women's soccer plays at Portland tonight. Cougars have won eight in a row against the Pilots. Cougars are second nationally with 50 goals. 50! Wow. Listen to the game on 107.9 FM in Utah and on the BYU Cougars app nationally with pregame at 9.30 Eastern, 6.30 Pacific.
0: They're tracking down Stanford, who has combined for 51 goals. Hey, just maybe BYU goes for another 6-0 game and... uh...
1: An eight nothing and a five one and a yeah. Boosted
0: awesome. to the top of that list. All rise and shout. It's time for what's trending. You're talking about it, and so are we.
2: It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation.
0: What a roller coaster ride for BYU football this season. Wins against Tennessee, last second dramatics, USC in overtime, Dangaloloku with the game sealing interception, two and one. Everyone feeling good. Then Washington, Toledo, and <clears throat> USF. But BYU rebounds against 14th ranked Boise State, oh! and here we go again. Jeremy, amidst the chaos, what or who has been the most constant thing for BYU football through the first seven very unpredictable games?
1: The inconsistency has been the consistency. <laughs> BYU's been so up and down. We talked about it yesterday. The uh, you know. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing. How do you beat Tennessee, USC, and Boise State but lose to Toledo and South Florida? It's just really weird, right? Um, that's, that's been the thing for me is BYU's inconsistency. And we just showed Francis Bernard's pick six. Are we, trying to, are we trying to get me riled up? There's no recovery we had, from that. I thought we had forgotten about that. There's no recovery from now, that. Now here's some positive plays. Thank you. Uh, on BYU TV. If you're listening, you're like, I'm lost. This uh, is not, this is not a positive play. And now a punt play. return against White. <laughs> ah, yeah. See, this has been the season. This, is, this B-roll, we call it, is a microcosm of the season. Up and down, up and down. Although, I want to present this idea. What if I told you that BYU was 3-4, and four, but you could pick the wins, right? You probably would have picked Utah and Washington and maybe even Boise State or USC and something. So the fact that BYU has beaten USC, Tennessee, and Boise State is awesome. I wish that BYU was, I don't know, realistically, 4-3, 5-2. and, three, five and two. I don't know. That would be awesome, right? But BYU's not. But if you had to have some wins that weren't Toledo and oh, USF. You know what yeah, I mean? So, yeah. so I would rather be in this spot at 3-4 and four with these wins than 3-4 and four with wins against Toledo and South Florida. Does that make sense? Yeah. And perhaps, as you mentioned yesterday, BYU, like last year, had to lose to Cal to beat Wisconsin. Sometimes you rally in a different way. You're motivated in a different way. Your urgency is different. Certain coaches are doing certain things based on a sense of urgency at a certain point of the season. And perhaps that's what made... BYU show up like threat-level midnight last Saturday against Boise State.
0: <laughs> Poor Toby. Hey, uh, Jerem, <laughs> I'll give you the who has been the most consistent amidst the chaos and inconsistency. And that is Diane Gawolaku, the senior safety cornerback. Northridge! both do-it-all defender for BYU. I know he sat out against South Florida, and BYU felt his absence mm-hmm. for sure in yeah. Tampa. yeah. He's a difference maker. Got a nose for the ball. Came up with, as I mentioned, that game-sealing interception against USC. Was monumental in his performance against Boise State. Coming on safety blitzes. One blitzes at that. Diane Gawoloku has been the best overall defender for BYU all season. He has been Mr. Consistency. He's the best defender on the field, and the Cougars are certainly better off for it. I'll give you some other things that have been consistent for BYU. Trends continue. BYU going to the East Coast and taking on teams that will finish with a winning record, they typically do not win, and I think Toledo's going to be that case one more time. BYU is still winless in Florida. They went to so South weird. Florida and didn't win that game. So losing in Florida continues. But then the Cougars win some big power five games. They've knocked off Wisconsin and Mississippi State and Michigan State. Now you can add Tennessee and USC to that mix. And then, of course, the injuries to Stars. So some unfortunate trends continue, even though dying Gawaleku has been great.
1: Topic two, Florida Athletic Director Scott Strickland tweeted this out last night. Attention ADs from the ACC, Big Ten, Big Twelve, or Pac-12. At Gators FB, Florida is looking to add additional home-and-home series against P5 opponents. Let's connect and schedule quality games the fans want to see. End quote. While BYU isn't a Power 5 team per se, they are a scheduling equivalent to most, if not all, of the Power 5 leagues. So would you like to see a series against Florida in the future? This is a team BYU never played, by the way.
0: Yes. I'll give you a couple of reasons. One, I want to experience the swamp in Gainesville. That's a bucket list stadium for college football fans. I think that would be a really fun series. Great venue. Just ignore what I just said about Florida, by the way. Yeah,
1: and the malaria that comes with the swamp.
0: It would be fun to experience Gainesville. And secondly, and maybe this is more important, it would just bother Utah fans, Jeremy. <laughs> it, it, it would bother Utah fans because they got a home, got a road. home yeah, and yeah, road yeah. With, yeah. with the Gators. Like, it would really stick in their car. Like, ugh, the one thing we had over BYU right now in terms of scheduling, like we got to push the Cougars off our schedule because we got Florida. Hold on. It would bug Utah the, fans. the one thing
1: they have is that they're in a Power 5. Wait a minute. Okay, well, so, so the,
0: the second, second thing, thing yeah, there you go. it would bug them. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. It would, Again, it, it, bugs, it, malaria, swamp. It would bug Utah fans that BYU also had Florida on the schedule. So yeah, bring it on, man. Let's go.
1: <laughs> I say yes, but I don't want it in a season where BYU already has too many Power Fives. My ideal number in a season is three or four. Now, if they're all stacked in a row, that's not ideal, right? Three or four. BYU wins 40% of its Power Five games historically. Kalani Satake wins 35% of those games. So why would you load up on those, right? You look at what's in store. BYU has six. Next year, seven. The next year, Woo! four, five, one, four. Starting in 2021 is the year where Florida has some openings, okay? So that's not the year, because BYU has seven already. 22, four. We're good. Tom, Homo, we're good. No more. 23, five. Too many. 24. Now we're talking. 2024 is the year that BYU should schedule Florida if they want to.
0: Wait, doesn't BYU play NC State in 2024 as well? Okay, so maybe it's two. There are two Power okay, Five okay, teams. Okay, two.
1: You're still good. There you go. Okay. Uh, and, our, and our stat of the day just reiterates what I just said about how many there are the next couple years.
2: It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day.
1: only plays 13 Power Five the next two years.
0: 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Can you smell six and six? <laughs> Holy shnikes! I wanted this to be better. 2024 would be great. I'm cool with this series. I'm. Fun. People think I want to like play in the big sky or something. It's not true. I want enough tough games for BYU, but for BYU to win ten plus and be relevant, tell me, tell me I'm wrong that I want BYU to be relevant. Tell me that's a bad idea. Well, no, that's not of a bad idea. How do you get relevant? You win big games. Yes, but you also win 10-plus games. I'm talking in a season. BYU's not looking for a happy marriage. They're looking to have a couple good dates. Yeah, we beat USC. We beat Tennessee. We beat Boise State. But if you have too many, you ain't getting hitched, and you ain't ultimately happy. You're just on a couple good dates. That's nice, but it's not going to last. I'm talking about meaningful, lasting seasons.
0: There are always going to be two sides of this conversation, and even this year for fans, because the BYU fan will say, Oh, well, if BYU had beaten Toledo and USF, they'd be 5-2, and two, and there's your relevance right there.
1: Micah Simon doesn't catch a 64-yarder, and Dianna doesn't pick off a pass. Those are two losses. Like I this said,
0: close. two sides of the conversation right. forever. It was the same scenario in 2016. BYU lost four games by a combined 11 points. 12 oh! points from
1: undefeated. It's like, well, they're also like 24 points from being
0: Two and ten, or something, you know, pretty crazy. And yes, NC State is on the 2024 schedule, but that's my 10-five year. They still power five 2024, two power fives. BYU loaded up so they can get invited to a power five conference in 2025. Load it up so that you show that you can't
1: handle it. (laughs) Why would we do that?
0: (laughs) On to BYU basketball, midnight madness tonight, and for locals, free admission 10:30 at the Marriott Center Mountain. Wait, I thought you said midnight madness. At so Well, they're going to be playing at midnight. Oh, okay. Doors open it at comes Becomes midnight madness. Correct. Gotcha. It, okay. it yeah. will actually be at some point midnight madness. Mm. Yeah. BYU basketball has received some uh, lofty mm, compliments from some national analysts. Andy Katz, Seth Davis, notably, say that BYU is right around that uh, NCAA tournament bubble teamish, if not a sleeper sweet 16 team. Thank you, Andy Katz. Jeremy, is, is BYU basketball... With everything that's happened, an actual NCAA tournament quality team. When Jake
1: Toulson transferred in and Yoli Childs came back, yes. Yes. But Yoli Childs is out for nine games. Thank you, NCAA. You're the worst. And Gavin Baxter is out with an injury. So I hope so. I just think it's going to be a tough uphill climb. I I would be ecstatic if BYU makes the NCAA tournament, given the tough schedule they're playing, first year of a new staff, Childs out nine, Baxter... Hurt, right? Uh, Jesse Wade's been battling some injuries this summer and whatnot. Um, It's tough. It's hard to be an at-large team outside of the Power Six. Plus you add three other leagues. So Power Five conferences plus Big East, A-10, and American are eight leagues that regularly get multiple bids. Did you know that in 2018 only Nevada received an at-large bid outside of the automatic champ? in any other league. The year before that, it was only St. Mary's. The year before that, it was only Wichita State. You go back to 2011 and 12, and there were seven and eight teams in that. BYU was two of those, by the way.
0: Game has Uh, changed, clearly. It's different.
1: Some of the more prominent teams at mid-major levels jumped to those eight leagues, so that's why it's changed. Wichita State, George Mason, and so on. BYU has not made the tourney. Uh, four years in a row, and it's just way tougher than it's used to been, uh, used to have been. Now BYU has an uphill climb with this. If BYU was full weaponry ready to go into the season, I would say you and I felt like this is yes. the tournament team. BYU going to make yes. a tournament. I, I think it's going to be tough. It's not impossible, but it's going to be really hard.
0: Here's what encourages me: BYU has a bunch of seniors, and there is something to be said about. Senior leadership. Once Yoli Childs gets back, and T.J. Haas and Jake Toulson are two of your three best players, are seniors. Zach Sellius is a senior. Dalton Nixon, senior. There, there is a benefit to that.
1: And BYU has a huge advantage with the missions, right? The age.
0: How many games will BYU win because of experience and senior leadership? I think they'll win a few more games close down the stretch that if they were young, they would typically lose. So there is that. And the opportunities are there. BYU's schedule is definitely difficult enough to I love me a tough schedule. Go out and no. earn themselves a trip to the NCAA tournament. Like the the schedule is plenty tough. So the opportunities there. I like their senior leadership, but right now I, they're on the outside looking in, just because of Thanks adversity. Stain,
1: stained adversity. Good, good reference, pull. Uh, in basketball, if you play a tough schedule, you are rewarded for the schedule you play. In football, there's no reward for how tough your schedule is unless you're competing to get in the playoff, which will never happen at this institution. We're trying to just win 10 games at this point, let alone a New Year Six at large over a second-place SEC team or something. You know, it's like, that's nuts. In basketball, you can be rewarded for that. Hey, go earn it! Go earn it. But you have to win some of those games, like a third. I don't know. They, they, don't, they don't quantify it like that, but it feels like that's what we've learned over the last couple of years is you got to win at least a third of those. And BYU has ones. not done
0: that. They have not done that.
1: Yes, not enough on the schedule and not enough wins. Quad one and two.
0: Looking for consistency. Ah, the word of the day, which takes us to our question of the day. What or who has been the most consistent thing for BYU football through seven games? Let's go to the voice of the nation.
3: This is the
0: Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Twiggy or Stone says linebackers have continued to make big plays each game. They seem to be getting turnovers at a regular interval. Peyton Wilgar, Isaiah Kafusi, Jackson Kafusi, Kavika Fanua all have interceptions, if not multiple. Yeah, there's some truth to that.
1: It's, it's awesome. What the linebackers have done specifically with the interceptions is incredible. Yeah, Wilgar... And Kafusi Isaiah, both have two. Jackson, Kavika, and Chaz all have one. Nine there you go. Has one. Max Tooley as well. well and Chaz so, has a
0: strip, fumble, incredible play at Toledo, too. The, the play yeah. that nobody will remember because BYU lost.
1: Yes, exactly. That stinks. Oh. It was a great play. Coming up, the former number one recruit in the country, Chris Burgess, joins us to discuss Midnight Madness.
0: And the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell, on why BYU football shouldn't shy away from Florida. And what's the toughest remaining game on the BYU football schedule? This is BYU Sports Nation.
1: Idaho State. Clearly. BYU Sports Nation is presented by The BYU
0: Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
1: The undefeated and number four BYU women's soccer team plays at Portland tonight. Listen on 107.9 FM in Utah or the BYU Cougars app nationally starting at 930 Eastern, 630 Pacific time.
0: We are broadcasting live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play alongside the always entertaining Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is friend of the program, our favorite Canadian, voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebel. Greg, welcome back to the program. How are you?
2: I'm well, good morning, gents, from the, uh, the City of Roses, Portland, Oregon.
0: Hey, it's uh, a great time to be following BYU soccer in the City of Roses, or anywhere for that matter. We'll get to that in just a moment. But let's go back to what in the world happened on Saturday night with this BYU football team upsetting then 14th-ranked Boise State. Greg, how did the Cougars pull that off?
2: Well, both teams were down to backup quarterbacks. We can't just say it wasn't because Bachmeyer wasn't playing because BYU was down number one and number two. So let's call that a bit of a wash and say that BYU out-executed Boise State. They recovered from an early, an early touchdown against on Boise's first possession and, and beat them the rest of the way. And, and now you've kind of set the bar, right? If you were to look at the halfway point and see BYU at two and four and assess their final six regular season games, you'd say that Boise State was the toughest of the lot, right? Well, now that you've won that game, You've set the bar again, and uh, and so now you've got to hit, hit these final five regular season games. Saying, if we've done that, why can't we do this? And we do, and 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 the, this in this case is just keep winning.
1: It's been inconsistent to say the least, right? Some nice wins, some tough losses. Um, what what kind of change, perhaps, do you hope or expect BYU has going into the last five games? Given that BYU did what they did with
2: a lot of backups, it, it seemed to me that that in the Boise State game there was an extra. A fire, energy, focus, investment, I, I don't know. We, we, Mitch kept reporting from the sidelines how different the bench area felt in that game. And, and you want to be able to replicate that. I, I'm sure that there was a bit of a reset button hit, hit before the Boise State game. I'm sure that Kalani had these guys guys particularly motivated, but can you do it five more weeks or six more weeks? They have to find a way to do that because it just felt different to me. It felt like something that, that might have been lacking was now present. But can you do it again? You have to be able to do it again. You have to be able to replicate whatever you found that night against Boise State. Because, again, you've shown people and yourselves, if that's what we can do against that kind of team, why can't we go to Logan and win? Why can't we win the rest of our home games? Why can't we finish the season uh, against a a Rocky Log defense and play well? Why can't you do all these things that are ahead of you? And why can't we get back to a postseason game and win a postseason game? Why, Why can't we just keep winning and finish this thing out in a very special way?
0: Greg Rubell with us on BYU Sports Nation. Amidst the ups and downs, the roller coaster, the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde situation that BYU football has put forward, what has been or who has been the most consistent thing through seven games for BYU football?
2: Well, maybe the what uh, would be kind of like a constant uh, personnel upheaval, right? Kind of week to week they're dealing with something new or different, not necessarily in a positive way and having to overcome that. You know when you lose Tyson Williams and Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall in essentially back to back to back weeks, um, you, you're taking arguably your three best offensive players. No offense to Matt Bushman, off the football team in in quick order. And I think we'd have to put Matt probably ahead of uh, Jaron there. And Matt's been so consistent, and reliable. But but you know the, the, those are those are three really key players to have to lose. And you know defensively, it's been kind of a, 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 a rotation situation as well with so many guys in and out. Uh, due to injury, and some guys are getting healthy, and that's positive. But uh, it's really been, uh, I, I think, kind of a war of attrition for BYU on the health front from the get-go.
1: Should BYU consider Baylor Romney for the starter next week at Utah State, or should it be Jaron Hall? What do you think?
2: Well, if Jaron Hall doesn't get you know, knocked out of that uh, USF game, you know, he's the guy for the foreseeable future until Zach gets back. And, and so the only reason Jaron misses those two series in the next game is it, due to health. And, you know, Jaron did, you know, Zach won it over Jaron and Jaron won it over Baylor and Baylor won it over Joe. And, and so there was a, there was a pecking order based on some, some real definables out there. And so, you know, I, I think Kalani's right to say it's a competition again. Once Jaron's back and doing everything you'd like him to do, it's a competition and they'll work that thing out. But certainly, uh, Jaron did nothing wrong in the USF game, uh, you know, to do, do to, to do anything other than have the coaches consider him to be, um, you know, the guy, when he's ready to go again, he's a special player. I mean, he's making plays all over the place against USF. They didn't win the game, but let's remember that when he left the game, BYU was leading. BYU was in front when Jaron Hall left that game. And and BYU couldn't get back in front without him. Um, so we'll, we'll let the coaches compete it out and let the players compete it out but, uh, again, Jaron Hall was, was not doing anything other than, I think, performing two expectations when he left that game.
0: The Voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell, joining us from the Pacific Northwest as he prepares to cover BYU women's soccer. We're talking BYU football right now, and, Greg, you brought up the final five games for BYU, beginning with at Utah State and then bookended with a what is looking like a very tough game at San Diego State. Which do you think is the bigger test left on the schedule of those Mountain West teams, Utah State or San Diego State?
2: I'll go to Utah State uh, because the Aggies have won back-to-back games against BYU three of five and the games in Logan. Um, San Diego State, although BYU doesn't see them as regularly, obviously, uh, they've won the last five games against the Aztecs. Uh, Rocky Long uh, certainly has a good football team. They're 6-1 right now, one of the top defenses in the country. But I think for the reasons I just mentioned, uh, the the rivalry nature of the game, the fact that the Aggies have played well against BYU, that's the bigger one right now.
1: Florida's uh, AD tweeted that, uh, hey, we're looking for a Power 5 series, a home-and-home. Home. I like to say home and row just so I know uh, it's not two home games. But uh, should BYU, who is considered a Power 5 equivalent by many conferences, pursue Florida on the schedule in the future? Well,
2: Jerem, BYU's got to find a way to get a win in Florida sometime, right? That's right. <laughs> in the Swamp so. is asking a lot. <laughs> so so, why why wait for UCF in uh, 2024 or whatever it is? Uh, fire it up quickly as possible. Got to get a win in the Sunshine State. Why not,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Greg? Uh, there's been conversation always about BYU schedules and whatnot. To you, is there in terms of finding the right balance on a schedule that BYU could win enough games to make a splash and be relevant nationally? Is there a certain amount of power fives that? perhaps fill the cup, if you will, or does that vary
2: depending on what power fives you play, in your opinion? I think BYU is probably in the sweet spot right now, uh, the way they're doing it. I, I think it's kind of funny to look at, you know, let, let's just say for the sake of argument here that, that BYU, you know, wins out, okay, and they, and they finish with a 9-4 with and four season, and I think a lot of folks should be satisfied with that. Then you'd go, you'd go back in the season and you'd see just two games. Again, this is this is presuming BYU plays well enough to win their their last five games. They'll be favored in 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 three of them at least. You know, you'd go back and you'd say, well, okay, nine and four, pretty good. Um, Washington got away from you. Utah got away from you. You gave away the Toledo and South Florida games, basically. You wouldn't have been too far away from an eleven and two campaign. And and and. If you can win 11 games with the kind of schedule BYU put together this year, again you're setting a bar for yourself. And let's look back at you know why did BYU lose the Toledo game? They had a double or they they had they had a, a lead in the third quarter, had a lead in the fourth quarter. They, they throw a crazy pick after they've gotten the ball back late. Um, they miss field goals in that game. South Florida game, another missed field goal. Quarterback getting knocked out, drop a punt snap. Some weird things go on. So there's really only two games that get away from you, and and. Give, again, this, 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 this presumes that BYU can do what, what we hope BYU can do to finish things out here. But that's been done with a pretty difficult schedule, with, 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 a, with a decent number of P5s, and they're all kind of jam-packed into the front. But I, I don't think BYU's in over its head at, at this point. Yeah, you'd like to be a little healthier coming out of your first month of the season. You'd like to maybe not have the gauntlet of back-to-back to back-to-back every year that t- seems to tend to take kind of a physical toll on you. But I, I think BYU can handle what uh, Tom Holmo and Kalani Sitake are putting on the Cougars' plate. BYU
0: football obviously riding the high of that Boise State win, but hey, don't blink, here comes BYU basketball, who are in the midst of getting ready for Midnight Madness, and they open the season in just a couple of weeks. Greg, so let's talk some BYU basketball. Both Andy Katz of NCAA.com and Seth Davis, national writer, have said some very, very nice, complimentary things about BYU and they like the Cougars' chances to compete in the WCC and, gulp, get into the NCAA tournament. What do you think the ceiling is for this group, given all of the, uh, I guess, adversity that BYU's faced with injuries and whatnot, and Yoli Child's nine-game suspension? What's, what's the ceiling for this team?
2: Well, bu- before the Yoli Child's Gavin Baxter and Zach Selyus situation, you would have liked BYU's chances to put together a pretty solid non-conference resume. Um, and then take your chances in the WCC and basically ask BYU to earn its way into the tournament based on November and December. Well, with no Yoli Childs for most of that non-conference, uh, Zach Selye is rehabbing uh, at the start of the season and no Gavin Baxter for the season, suddenly that non-conference uh, portion of the schedule looks a little more daunting. And and Mark Pope will will never want to set a ceiling on his program, and, and they're, he's going to approach the season at every game as if, yeah, we're, we're going to win this one and the next one and the next one too. That said, the non-conference looks uh, different than it did, you know, a couple of months ago for BYU. And um, it'll, be, it'll be a grind to get where they want to go uh, heading into league play. Once you get into league, I mean, you know, Gonzaga's Gonzaga. I mean, they had a close scrimmage with Michigan State and beat them handily uh, over the weekend, uh, reportedly. And, and Michigan State's your number one preseason team by most accounts. So, you know, Gonzaga's all but untouchable. Right now in the West Coast Conference, as good as BYU is or, or can aspire to be, and as well as they've played Gonzaga in the past, winning its share of, uh, fair share of games, you know it's a behemoth, it's a national powerhouse, and and so you know you hope to compete, but let's not forget that Saint Mary's it maybe has one of its best teams in recent vintage, so it's always going to be a grind to finish above you know third place in the West Coast Conference, and so what can you do out of league, and and what a BYU is able to do out of league, you know this year. Um, the chances are somewhat mitigated by the fact that BYU is down personnel to start. You know, when when Mark Pope says I've got seven guys, he's literally talking about seven available scholarship players to open the season. That's not counting Zach Sellius who might get back sooner than later. But you're literally looking at seven scholarship guys to open the year, and the year opens uh, with a stout schedule, and and Maui's a part of it, obviously, and and uh, so it's a challenge. I look forward to see what Mark Mark and the guys are going to do with it. And again, I've kind of felt with this basketball team, guys, that, that you can you know, have the chip on the shoulder, underdog mentality work for you. BYU doesn't always necessarily have that going for them. I think this year they do because expectations are mitigated. As much as people think BYU could be an NCAA tournament team by the same token, as down as they are in personnel, it could be a grind. So I, I think it's fascinating and potentially very intriguing.
1: Well, there's three guys right here talking. Plus seven. That makes ten. I think. I think we're just fine, Greg. What are you talking about? <laughs> Women's soccer plays tonight with eleven on the field. Uh, many more scholarship players. Big game with Portland. This has been a traditional power. A team that uh, BYU's kind of overtaken as the team to beat in the West Coast Conference. Uh, what can you say about the matchup tonight as BYU continues to try and pursue a top four seed into the NCAA
2: tournament? Yeah, you know, top four is is well. We talk about uh, meaning meaning be one of the four number one seeds. You mean yes, yeah. That, that's going to mean I, I think right now BYU would take a two and run with it. Yes, uh, you know Chris Henderson's projection has him well as a four, meaning you're one of the you know you're one of the four four seeds, and BYU is certainly better than that. And so right now it's if you look straight at RPI, yeah, it's tough to give BYU a, a one or a two seed today. Now they've got a couple of nice RPI games coming up against top one hundred teams in the WCC. But if you look at how BYU plays, that says, that says two-seed to me. That says a, a team that's in the group with those ones and twos. Um, and so that's why I think every game is like a national statement, a kind of a referendum. You can't just beat teams. You almost have to kind of drug teams right now. And, and, and it's, not, it's not a matter of sportsmanship. It's a matter of showing just how good this team is. Realize that if BYU were to score two goals tonight, they would end the night as the highest-scoring team in all of college soccer. Uh, they've got 50 goals. Stanford's got 51. Stanford plays tomorrow night. And, and so that's, what, you know, that's what's really at, at stake for BYU, not just winning, but dominating. It's showing that, yeah, the RPI may be a few ticks below what you might expect from a traditional 1 or 2C, but this is who we are. This is how we play. This is how good we are. And, and so I, I, I really think it's, it's BYU keeping the foot on the gas all the way to the end here. And as far as Portland goes, you know, BYU's never lost to Portland since the, the Cougs joined the WCC. It's eight straight wins over the Pilots. Um, and so, you know, Portland's trying to recapture some of its historical magic, but it's a work in progress.
0: Great, great stuff from the Pacific Northwest. We thank you for the time. Wish you the best of calls uh, for BYU in Portland. And Jerem wants you to know he's a medium, so if you go to the Nike employee store, bring him back yeah. something that's a medium.
2: And say hi to my father-in-law really? at the game. I, I, will, I will do that, but I thought you'd be an L. I thought you'd be a large, but you're a medium.
1: I'm a medium kind of guy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, good for you. You know, I applaud that, you know, because uh, – I, I've hit large territory, and I'm never going back. Um, my, my, my body won't let me go back to medium, so I, I, I applaud you. I'll, I'll, I'll keep that in mind.
0: Uh, Greg, thanks, man. We thanks, appreciate Greg. the time.
2: Thanks, guys. Take care.
0: Greg Rebell on the Desert First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how.
1: Coming up, new parents, new school. The awesome story of defensive lineman Kyra Stoner.
0: Plus, BYU basketball assistant coach Chris Burgess and what he's looking forward to most in Midnight Madness. Is he buying the NCAA tournament hype? This is BYU Sports Nation. can't walk to listen to BYU
1: Sports Nation live at noon Eastern, don't worry about it. You can download the podcast on iTunes, tune in, or Google Play and enjoy On Demand. And while you're there, subscribe, rate, and review BYU Sports Nation.
0: We're under 23 minutes to go, and we still have plenty to do. Joining us now in Studio B, men's basketball assistant coach Chris Burgess, former number one rated high school basketball player in the entire country. <clears throat> Not bad. Yeah, I, wow. have that. I have that as
3: excellence. <laughs> yeah, appreciate you guys having me on again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, Chris, the real secret is, having been the number one rated yeah. high school player, what's the secret to going and getting a guy like that for BYU?
3: Um... A lot of a lot of different seekers. Well, in today's kind of basketball world, it's like there's four or five schools that are going to get those top ten picks. They're just kind of hey, you take this guy, you take this guy, right? And, and and you know, Penny Hardaway, Memphis is one of those guys. Obviously, Duke and Kentucky, Arizona. So that that's a big. That's probably one of the biggest things is those top ten, top five guys are probably going to fall into those schools. And then there's there's schools like us and and like a school like Xavier or Butler that are trying to get into the top fifty, um, top hundred ESPN kids as well, for us, it's finding the right kid that wants to be part of his university, uh, wants to be part of a, a coaching staff like Coach Pope that's going to push them and drive them and, and win. So, but it's there's, there's a lot that goes into it.
1: And I know you can't say names, but signing day for basketball is in two yeah. weeks. So you guys are hitting it uh, hot and heavy right now on the recruiting Yeah, trail. So
3: a couple of those coaches are on the road right now. Today's a day off for our basketball team, at least this afternoon until tonight. And a couple of those, a couple of our coaches are on the road right now because we, we are chasing some guys. And, and um, you know, we lose a lot of seniors, as everybody knows. And we need, we need to have a really good class, and we, and we are. We're going to have a really good class, whether it's this fall or in in the come November or sorry come April
1: and it's unique because you have a bunch of guys sitting out Mm -hmm. uh, that are already transferring in from Arizona to from Utah Valley and and whatnot so uh, we're gonna see a lot of new faces next year regardless right
3: we are and you know these guys these three guys you're talking about they just are absolutely just pushing our guys in practice on that scout team um, like you, you can imagine, I'm I'm hoping, you know, we have a really tough schedule, but I'm hoping that those guys, especially with Yoli, too, on the scout team, that scout team is just as good <laughs> as, that, as anybody we're going to play this year. Yoli, in the has, WCC. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yoli has said as much.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, you, know, you got Yoli, Barcelo, Wyatt Lowell freshman of the year. Um, and Richard Howard, who's probably the biggest monster these guys are going to play um, this season, mm. other than a, maybe three or four schools. I mean, you've got a six foot sixty sixty five pound old school center. He's going to push you every single day. And he's going to challenge you every single day. That it, I'm hoping the game you get to the games, you're like, thank goodness, <laughs> right? And so that's the goal.
1: He would drop step you to death. Yes. Um, it, is there any chance the NCAA allows any of these waivers? Because we've been seeing reports yeah. of waivers from other schools. Are you still waiting yeah. on all three of those? We are. Guys? We
3: are still waiting, and I think I read some. On social media about the waivers that have gone through. And so you don't want to get, you know, it's not that you don't want to get your hopes up, but you just want to kind of. St- stay the course, keep expecting them not to play. And if they do, it's just a bonus. But we have not heard back. Um, and, our, and our guys, our red shirts right now, have had a really good mind frame about how they've been approaching the season. And right now it's learn the plays, learn the system, learn coach, which two of them already know. And, and if they get their waivers, great. If not, they're ready to push our guys every day.
0: Chris Burgess with us on BYU Sports Nation, BYU basketball assistant coach. Four guys like Alex Barcelo and Wyatt Lowell and Richard Howard. What is the expected timetable? Like the drop dead date of when you absolutely should know by.
3: Man, that's a great question. I think McKay Cannon a few years back, wasn't it like the fifth or sixth game, and that seemed pretty late in the season. Yeah, he found out
1: one day and played that night against you guys. Yeah, yeah, Yeah.
3: he played really well too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I want to say, what was that like, six or seven games into the season? Our hope it's before that. Like, and I think for us as a staff and them as players and our teammates, right? They just they would like to know. I think the NCAA has got a lot of stuff going on right now with how many waivers that are being applied and sent into them. Um, hopefully we did our jobs accordingly and got them in at the proper time so that we can find out um, before Kelsey Ford it.
1: We are thirteen days away from that game. Crazy. <laughs> the season openers in thirteen days. How you feeling right now?
3: Um feeling really good. Our guys have been working hard and six weeks, although we're not there yet, is a long time, plus if you had summer of just playing as the same guys every single day. So our guys are ready for a close scrimmage, an exhibition game, and then that opening night, at Cal State Fortuna. As coaches, we've been preparing as best we can to get back into the swing of things of scouting and um, you know, watching the personnel and watching the way they guard and how to attack it. So it's um, You know, we're excited. And I I can't imagine. I remember what it was like as a player. You couldn't wait to play somebody new. So I know our guys are just, you know, scratching the surface to get going. Midnight Madness set tonight.
0: Uh, But in the Mark Pope style, (laughs) there won't be much actual basketball. So what's going to happen tonight?
3: Well, they'll meet the teams, right? They'll meet the men and women's teams. And we're going to have just a giant party with all these different things. <laughs> you know, and like the, the BYU dunk team is going to be there. The Cougarettes are going to perform. The acapella group Vocal Point is going to perform. Oh, they're big time. And then we're going to have a three little games and that are going to happen. They're not basketball related. Um, and we're just going to have a lot of fun with it. Come meet the players. The fans are going to have you know an opportunity to get out and see the team and, and interact and, and just have fun. But th- there won't be much. You know, some Midnight mass. they'll do a dunk contest. No, we're not going to do that. There might be a skills challenge. So maybe we'll get the, the Nike basketballs out and do a little skills yeah. challenge.
0: Okay. Okay. So. Is that the coaches or the players? I'm
3: hoping the players. Because <laughs> the skills challenge, we won't go through that ball through the tire. It might take us a little bit.
1: <laughs> uh, Andy Katz has been very complimentary yeah. of the program. Uh, high expectations. Uh, Seth Davis recently said he thinks you guys are top 40, 50 program. Those are some high expectations, yeah. especially given – First year, Yoli out for nine. Gavin probably out for the year. Those things. Do you like that kind of uh, positivity? Obviously, coming to the program, but some expectation to be in yeah. the conversation there.
3: We like it. I. I, I also know that we got guys in the team and, and coaches that that likes you know being slighted a little bit having that chip on your shoulder so we like it either way um you know to us to us we don't want it we don't want it's just kind of noise and a distraction and we know what's important we know what's going on in the locker room um but what they're saying 40 or 50 or third in the in the WCC to be honest with you is we, we want to do better we expect higher um especially when everyone gets back um we we expect to we expect to man, we expect to go have Gonzaga here and, and beat them that's just our expectation right and if we don't want to recruit kids or have a locker room full of guys that are okay with them, second and third it's just it's just it's a loser mentality Right, and, and and the reason Pope's won at a high level everywhere he's gone is because he has a winner's mentality, and and that's what we're, that's what we're trying to do, right? And so that's what we're telling our players, recruits, our staff, um, the Midnight Madness. That's what we're telling the fans, and, and that's what we're shooting for.
1: First meeting, uh, Greg Rubel and I had with Mark about the Pope Show. Yeah, he said, "How do we win an Emmy?" I said. Are you talking about a regional? Enemy? He goes no, a yeah. national. Enemy. I was like, We have never won a regional, yeah. let alone a national. Just to, just to get a sense of where he that's wants exact, to go. That's yeah.
3: exactly what you say. He, he, he that's what he wants. He swings big. He wins big. And and he played in the league, the NBA, for a long time. And he won a national championship, not because he was you know trying to hit singles. Mm-hmm. So. So apparently,
0: our role is to put a chip on the shoulder of this team and undervalue yeah. your team, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Jerry, can, take, can someone take, else take do no. that? Take <laughs> two of the guys to <laughs> do that. We we are the ones that are going to undervalue <laughs> and put a chip on that. Yeah, shoulder. they're gonna love that. <laughs> yeah, sweet. Can't wait for that. Chris, yeah. it's great to talk to you, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you guys. Thanks, Thanks Chris. Enjoy midnight See you madness tonight in the Marriott Center. That's yeah. right. Doors we'll
1: open at uh, ten thirty local time. Okay, coming up, Tyson Williams weighs in on his
0: health status. What has been the most consistent thing in this wildly unpredictable season for? BYU football. You tell us next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Would you rather be undervalued or overvalued?
1: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store.
2: The official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
1: Next Tuesday, BYU Football with Kalani Satake returns Tuesday night, 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific with host Greg Rebell and coach Satake as a player joins us to discuss the big win over Boise State. Preview the matchup with Utah State. It's a big one. Reserve your seat on BYUcougars.com slash Satake Show.
0: It's Halloween week next week, so are you doing something spooky for the Satake Show? No. You should probably show Matt Bushman's costume of Steve Clark last year. It mostly has to do
1: with how I feel about Halloween. (laughs) I'm not a huge fan of Halloween. Like, I like, I like it. I like it for my kid. I personally, I'm not. like Is it because happy.
0: your birthday is so close to the holiday? Probably.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was, I guess, as a kid, I was jealous or something. But it's candy. How do you? I love the candy element of Halloween. I'm not a huge fan of uh, like the ghoulish witch, fear Satan part. <laughs> not a huge fan of Satan. Just saying. <laughs> Didn't like him on Facebook.
0: <laughs> Uh, that part, oh, I'm not a fan of. It. That's funny. Our question of the day has nothing to do with Halloween. Little kid dressing up as a Hulk? That's great. But it kind of has been ghoulish or frightening how inconsistent BYU football has been at times this year. Yeah, Pennywise, no thanks. So what or who has been the most consistent thing for BYU football through seven games? At Eric R.R. Eric says, Kyrus Tonga, he's an absolute anchor on the defensive line and BYU's not deep, so his consistency and health has been incredibly valuable.
1: I recorded the film room with Eliza Tuiaki on Monday for next week's Satake Show. And in it, Elisa Tuiaki told me that was Kairos Tonga's greatest game as a Cougar against Boise State. You may not know it from the, the tackle numbers and sacks and tackles for loss, which weren't that big. I don't even know what he did. No one was talking about it. But he said he drew double teams the whole game. He, was, he had space integrity. He said... Greatest game is Cougar. Wow.
0: You want to know why Diane Gawaluku is breaking through the line? Because Kairos Tongas right. dealing with multiple offensive linemen.
1: And Brackenel Elbakry played really well. Uh, the D-line did a nice job. BYU stopped the run a lot better. Gave right. up 174 instead of 242. <laughs> right, the improvement which is, the is improvement. 70
0: yards make a big difference. At Cosmo underscore Duh underscore Cougar. Just like every year, the injury bug has been ever loyal to to this BYU team. Loyal and but true. oh, the beauty of good depth. And that's what Greg Rubrell brought up is it's just the injuries. And it's not just to guys. It's to star players. Zach right. Wilson, Tyson Williams, Zane Anderson.
1: And that's Yikes. the first four games, let alone after that, where it's Jaron Hall and it's others, right? Where, and, and that That's hard. And why is it the BYU's depth? Was way better in the Boise State game than Toledo in South Florida, right? Coaching. Because it's the same. Yeah, it's coaching. Coaching. I think that BYU had a different urgency, a different energy. Gregor Bell talked about Mitchell Jurgens reporting throughout the broadcast Saturday night on on uh, BYU radio about how different it was on the sideline, and everyone's motivated by different things. You don't always perform at the same level based on a level of urgency or fear or love or whatever it is that it takes for you to do what you need to do at your best level. But BYU brought that out last week. Kalani Stake and that coach staff brought that out from a third-string quarterback, a fourth-string running back, a freshman right tackle in Blake Freeland, in Tyler Algier, who's learning the position still. That was masterful last saturday. I don't expect BYU to be that same team every week. It's just hard to keep that going. It really is. But if BYU can be 80% of that against Utah State, I like their chances.
0: The urgency should be there because BYU's lost two in a row to Utah State. They've lost 3 of the last 5. They want the wagon wheel back. And you don't want to hear from Utah State fans after a potential third consecutive loss. I don't want to hear to the from the Aggies. Them, period. Okay? Let alone that like, the urgency should be there. This is another rivalry game, and this time BYU has the advantage of coming off a bye week before they take on the Aggies. And Utah State has to play Air Force of all teams, which is oh, awesome. Oh, yeah. Because, cut, cut blocks! No, it's all about Air Force. You can't game plan at all for BYU when you play Air Force the week before. Oh, no, please do. It has to be all about <laughs> the Falcons because they're they're just pesky. Yes, and cut blocks, and you're sore. Like, this... BYU is in a good position to end this losing streak to Utah State.
1: BYU is hopefully going to be as fresh as possible, as motivated and dialed in as possible. Hopefully Jaron Hall is healthy and and BYU has him back should they go that route, and I expect them to go with Jaron Hall.
0: But if Baylor Romney plays, he'll be playing in the former Romney Stadium. Yeah, now it's Maverick Stadium. Now it's Maverick Stadium. Yeah,
1: we got a tweet about that. Uh, At Scott... B. Johnson MT. Wouldn't Baylor-Romney be appropriate to start at Romney Stadium? Great karma. (laughs) That would be awesome. At Colonel underscore James 83. It's probably got to be Matt Bushman on offense and Kairos-Tung on defense. Diane is there despite having had an injury for one game. Bushman at times um, has been really good. At times, BYU hasn't targeted him or whatnot. That was Bushman's finest moment, by the way. He had 6 for 92 on a touch at Utah last year. That was his best game. This became his best game.
0: 5 for 101 and 2 touchdowns.
1: 5 for 101 and 2 touchdowns. Dude, and the 2 touchdowns in the 3rd quarter that won BYU the game.
0: Hashtag BYUSN.
1: Coming up, what time is Midnight Madness tonight?
0: The answer may surprise you. And why is PGA star Tony Finau sumo wrestling in Japan? This is BYU Sports Nation. Because he's in Japan? <laughs> Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Shout out to today's guest, Greg Rebel, and Chris Burgess, BYU men's basketball assistant coach. The show is on
1: demand via podcast in the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. Let's whip! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Tyler Alger is the College Sports Madness Independent Defensive Player of the Week after a career-high nine solo tackles against Yeah, Boise State.
0: Uh, Then there's this. Baylor Romney named an honorable mention to the Earl Campbell Tyler Rose Player of the Week Award for his performance against Boise State. It's given to guys that have a backdrop in Texas football.
3: Basketball. The
1: first event of the basketball season for both the men and the women is tonight for Midnight Madness, which starts at 11.15 local time. I'm told they will go through midnight, thus validating the name of the event. Doors open at 10.30. It's in the Marriott Center. Soccer.
0: Number four BYU women's soccer plays at Portland tonight. The Cougars have won all eight matches against the Pilots since joining the WCC, trying to stay unbeaten against Portland. Listen to tonight's match on 107.9 FM locally in Utah or nationally on the BYU Cougars app. Coverage begins at 9:30 Eastern, 6:30 Pacific.
1: Golf. I think we need to do this one quietly. Are we in the grand? Sure.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Rasmussen sits in. 8-under par, tied for 2nd, and is about to tee off in the final round of the Pacific Invitational. BYU currently in 2nd, ranked 5th in the country, by the way. The top-ranked golfer in all of the land, Peter Quest, is on his first hole, tied for 10th at 2-under. Back to Spencer in the clubhouse.
0: Hey, thank you, Jerem. And today's rise and shout-out for me has a golf tie. It goes to Honorable (laughs) Coog, Tony Finau who is playing in Japan at the Zozo Championship. Mm-hmm, there is mm-hmm. a huge BYU fan at Corey Oh, Corey's the best. Who is working for the PGA Tour in Japan yeah. and helped line up the Zozo Championship with Finau and Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods. Not bad. And they tweeted out... Uh, Tony Finau matching up with a famous sumo wrestler in Japan. So, Tony, be careful. Uh, Wear your ankle shoes You know that Nike gave you. (laughs) Be ready
1: to go when you tee off. Those are boots, man. (laughs) Mine goes to Tyson Williams, who posted on social media the following. Surgery was successful. Thank you for the love and prayers. Hashtag road to recovery. So, uh, good luck to Tyson as he uh, looks to recover. We don't know yet with Tyson whether he's going to... Rejoin the Cougars uh, or if get you another want to come
0: year with arms wide open. Thank you, Scott Staff. That'd be great. You, you, you are welcome. Question of the day. Who or what has been the most consistent thing for BOA football through seven games? The elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. At arc Ollie underscore 13 says... Dying easy, no matter what. He plays like everything matters.
1: Yeah, seriously. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, who didn't. We ran out of time. The conversation continues twenty four seven on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUUSF
0: or Jeremiah Spencer. Shout out to Lenny Gomes. <laughs> Go Cougs. <laughs>